0: Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Bill Allen's Facebook classes. These are coming to you on Tuesdays and Thursdays from uh, downtown Tyler, Texas at West Irwin Church of Christ. Happy to have you joining either live or later. If you're watching live, it's 3 p.m. Central Time. I hope that you're having a good day, and I hope that you are looking forward to this study. If you're watching uh, later, you can do that on our website, westirwin.com or on uh, my Facebook page or the West Irwin Church of Christ and the West Irwin Live Facebook pages. All of those will have them. Uh, I'll share them to the Facebook pages and they'll show up on our website, on our live stream page under uh, video archives after a while. Uh, I'm excited about the lesson today because it is, of course, taken from Oswald Chambers' wonderful book, My Utmost for His Highest. And over the last several days, we've had some um, some interesting readings. I know one of the uh, readings over the last few days has been on the transfiguration. Another one has been from Romans 8, my favorite chapter, and another one spoke briefly about The great passage in Matthew chapter 6, consider the lilies of the field, the flowers of the field, um, and the birds of the air, all of that to say that um, God takes care of us just like he takes care of them. And I hope that uh, you uh, enjoy that passage, and uh, that is one of Joyce's favorite passages, something she reminds our daughters of often. And so I I really didn't want to choose between those three Uh, and I thought, well, you know, we'll just uh, have a lesson today on a few of the favorites. And so that's where we are and the first one deals with uh, Jesus' transfiguration and uh, one of the passages that comes from is in Luke 24. It's in uh, the Gospel accounts, but uh, as as he considers this, uh, Chambers says this, we have no experiences in our lives that correspond to the events in our Lord's life after the Transfiguration. From that moment forward, his life was altogether substitutionary. That's a big long word. Basically, it just indicates that that was one of the turning points in Jesus' life when everything after that was looking ahead to his sacrifice on the cross for our sins. You remember the story of the Transfiguration, uh, Peter, James, and John go up with Jesus. Those are the three that were closest to Jesus. They went up with him on this mount at this time at the Transfiguration. They went a little farther into the garden with him of Gethsemane the night before he was killed. And they went with him into the room where uh, Jesus raised the daughter of a synagogue ruler by the name of Jairus. The other apostles did not get to go in there with him, just those three and the parents of the daughter. And so they were obviously very close to Jesus. John is described in the Gospel of John as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Peter, we know, was a very strong strong uh, apostle for uh, the 30 years that he lived in the church before his life was taken. And James, the, the brother of John, was the first apostle martyred, and that happened pretty early in Acts chapter 12. At any rate, these three go up on the mountain with Jesus, and he's transfigured there. Uh, And along with him, there is Moses and Elijah. And uh, Peter, of course, says, Lord, it's a good thing that we're here. We can build a couple of shelters so that Moses and Elijah can hang out for a while. And then the voice comes from heaven saying, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And, uh, and then when Peter, James, and John kind of go out of consciousness for a little bit, they wake up and it's only Jesus in his normal state before them. But it's interesting to me, and I never thought about this, but Chambers brings up the fact that really this is a moment where uh, Jesus could have gone ahead and gone up and joined the Father. I mean, you heard the voice. He was right there. Uh, you have Moses and Elijah who have already passed through the grave. Uh, Through death and they were not being raised permanently here and their bodies were not raised at all, but um, But I like what Chambers says here. He says this um, If Jesus had gone to heaven directly from the Mount of Transfiguration He would have gone alone He would have been nothing more to us than a glorious figure But he turned his back on the glory and came down from the mountain to identify himself with fallen humanity And that's such a great point. Uh, At any time, of course, Jesus could have gone back to be with the Father and said, forget all this. These people aren't worth it. He would have been right. But it was his great love that kept him here. And it was his great love that moved him to continue forward from that time on, even if it meant his death. And he knew that it uh, would. Jesus was the son of God and was the son of man, and he took part in our humanity in such an incredible, incredible way. But I love that point, that he could have just gone ahead and said, Father, you're right there. Take me with you, and let's forget about all of this. But if he had, he couldn't have been our Savior, and we would have been lost in our sins. Uh, And so he turned his back on the Father, turned his back on his heavenly home, just as he had when he left heaven in the first place. And... um, Took upon himself once again that role as servant and Savior and went to the cross uh, for us. A great great passage. Uh, now we turn to Matthew 6 and this is one of Joyce's favorites as I said she loves talking about this verse with our children, our daughters. She's told them many times remember when they get worried remember the lilies of the field and uh, that's taken from this passage in Matthew 6 where Jesus says you know trust me I've got this I'll take care of you just like I take care of them um, and uh, Chambers makes the point that they are they're doing what they were created to do and what comes natural to them and it's almost uh, effortless it's it's pretty much without a conscience, conscious uh, intention uh, they, they grow the flowers grow the birds sing the birds fly it's it's what they are created uh, to do and he reminds us of the sea and the air and the sun the stars and the moon all these simply are that's they just exist and as they exist they glorify their creator Uh, so often we impair god's designed influence which he desires to exhibit through us because of our own conscious efforts to be consistent and useful. In other words, we're trying too hard. Don't try so hard. Uh, you've been created in the image of God, and so you you exist to glorify God. Jesus was basically saying, "Don't worry about all of these things. Simply believe in Me and do what I have created you to do, and I will take care of you." Uh, it's such a great, uh, great. Uh, message Uh, Jesus is teaching here that growth in our spiritual life comes not from focusing directly on it all the time but from concentrating on our Father in heaven focusing on the Father remembering that it is God who provides he is uh, Jehovah Jireh my provider that great Amy Grant song from so long ago Uh, the Lord one of his many names is provider he provides for us he provides for all of our needs and more uh, Chambers writes, our Heavenly Father knows our circumstances, and if we will stay focused on him instead of our circumstances, we will grow spiritually just like the lilies of the field. Uh, and I think that's exactly right. Focusing on God away from the circumstances. Remember another story. I didn't. This one's free. You're not paying for this one. <laughs> I wasn't planning on bringing up this one, but it's a great application of what we're talking about here. When Jesus walked on the water and the apostles were in the boat and Peter said, if it's you, Lord, then tell me, let me come to you. And Jesus said, "Okay, come on. And so Peter, for just a few seconds, was walking on the water to Jesus. But then what happened? He lost himself in the wind and the air and the sea and the storm and the waves and he began to sink. And that's the same with us. If we will just concentrate on the Lord instead of on our circumstances, now that doesn't give us permission to, to not take care of ourselves. Of course, we try to do that. Uh, scripture also says faith without works is dead. So don't just give everything and throw all caution to the wind and think that God's going to bail you out. That's not what Jesus is saying here at all. In fact, and later on in Matthew 6, He says in that great verse 33, the great wonderful song that we sing sometimes. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you and given to you as well. Everything you need, you'll have. But you have to put me first, Jesus says. And I think if we do that, that's what the lilies of the field do. That's what the birds of the air do. That's what the mountains do and the wind and all of creation. It does what the Father created it to do. And that's what he wants us to do as well. Well, there's one more passage in this week's lesson that I want to share with you. And it is from my favorite chapter in the Bible. Uh, Romans chapter 8. I love that chapter so much. It starts off with a great statement. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so many other great, wonderful statements in that passage. But the one that, <clears throat> the one that Chambers uh, considers In the May 19th reading of this past week is this who shall separate us from the love of Christ it starts in verse 35 and it's just an incredible statement it's a powerful powerful ending Uh, I love Romans 8 and I try to recite it from memory at times when I'm working out or when I'm walking these days used to be when I was running these days I'm walking a few times a week and I and I consider this great passage in one of my Uh, uh, scripture meditations on a regular basis. Uh, He answers his own question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, Paul would later say in that great chapter, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Chambers says Paul was not referring here to imaginary things but to things that are dangerously real. in all these things, we are more than conquerors, a part of this passage says. And, and just as Jesus had said earlier in his life, in John chapter 16, I was thinking of this passage as I was talking with a, a lady today on the phone who was going through some difficult things. Uh, Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble, but I've told you these things so that in me you'll have peace. Though you have trouble in the world, he says, take heart because I have overcome the world. Well, that's why we can say uh, that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. That's why we can say, as Paul does in Romans 8, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Even though those things are, are very real. And again, we don't throw caution to the wind. We still try to act prudently and wisely. Scripture tells us to do that but we act with faith. And we know that in the worst of the situations, Jesus' love is still there. Uh, Jesus' love will conquer. And so he asked several things as he goes through, uh, this uh, questioning who shall separate us from the love of God, uh, from the love of Christ. He says, shall, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword death, and then he says, we're, we're considered like sheep to be slaughtered. We, we face death all day long. And then he says, no, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither the present nor the future nor any power, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you're ever feeling like uh, the walls are closing in on you, then read Romans 8, especially those last uh, few paragraphs. Uh, that ending is just one of the most powerful endings that you'll find in scripture. It's such a great, great passage. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Uh, nothing. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. We are more than conquerors from him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever is threatening you today, whatever difficult circumstances you are going through right now, remember the, the Jesus who was transfigured before their very eyes on the mountain that day. Consider the lilies of the field the birds of the air. God takes care of them, and you mean so much more to Him than they do. He'll take care of you too. And remember that nothing, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I hope and pray that you can always remember those things, that you'll always lean on the One who came and lived and died and now lives again forever and did all of that for you. I'll see you on Thursday.